Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Life Chat with Bill and Bill. Today, this is going to be a great show for me today. And Bill might know for you because we have three awesome, powerful individuals on that has inspired me. And I know maybe for yourself throughout my life. And um, I'm just excited to have them all together yep. on this one program. And I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves later on. But first, let's talk about what our topic will be today. Today, our topic is on what is God is saying to the church, to the body, to the world, to the nation at this time. I know a lot of people are hurting. A lot of people are going through um, loss and they're trying to say, where is God at this time? What is he saying to, is he speaking at this time? And a lot of people have so many questions and we're planning today to answer the questions and Vilma, I know you've heard a lot of voices also out there. So mm-hmm. we're getting the best that we know. Um, two of you guys are not strangers to our program. I know Miriam, you've been on before and Bill, also you've been on before. And Apostle Dave, this is your first time. Say yay, welcome. Hey. <laughs> welcome, 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 welcome. So we just want you guys to go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from, what you do you know, whatever you want to share with the audience, that would be great. Before you introduce start? yourself, she didn't, you know, my, my co-host didn't properly welcome you all. So welcome and thank you for agreeing to do this show. I mean, she's so excited. She just yes. wants to jump right in. Yeah, and she just like, you know, but I won't let her. I'm excited too, but I'm going to pull your rein, right? Okay, now go ahead and introduce yourselves. I'm going to start with the lady first. Well, good evening, everyone, and uh, victorious 2022 to you. I'm really excited to be part of this podcast today. My name is Marion Tucker from His Glory Revealed Ministries. Thank you. I guess I'll... Jump in and go next. Uh, Bill Vanderbush, uh, Faith Mountain Ministries. We live in Orlando, Florida. Uh, people ask me, I was at a writer's conference recently, and somebody says, uh, This is a secular writer's conference. Nobody has a clue to you know, who we are, what we do, or anything. And uh, somebody says to me, What do you do? I said, I write books and I give talks on mystical spirituality defining Christ. And suddenly I had a captive <laughs> audience. So that's become my go to phrase now. <laughs> okay, I guess I'm next. Yes. Okay, I am uh, Pastor Dave Carey. I have an apostolic ministry. Um, I'm the founding pastor of Word of Life Christian Center in Newark, Delaware. In 2014, I turned over the uh, senior pastor role to Pastor Chris Rue, which freaked me up to do more of the apostolic work, which I am doing and loving it because I'm not not burdened down with the day-to-day realities of running a church uh it frees me up to do a lot of other things i tell people i rewrote my job description took out everything i got bored with and only kept the things i like (laughs) (laughs) i'll use that one yeah (laughs) good good so you know something um bill i i envy you being in florida because we are cold up here in the north i'm sure you are uh, don't tell me you have your fan on. No, you know like... what? We have we have a uh, no. I actually don't have any fans on right now. Uh, we we have a cold front that's happening today. It's sixty six, 
So this is, oh. this is the time to. Oh my, let's cry. <laughs> Bring out the tissue. <laughs> These are the times of the year where it reminds us uh, why we live here. Okay. All right. So, Vivian, I'll say we just jump right in. And... Jump right in. All right. So, I usually like to have the ladies go first, but because we have two men and one lady, I'm going to ask one of the men to go first. Go ahead, Bill. <laughs> I was going to say, take it, Pastor. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, you know, what I, what I really feel like, and, I, and the question again, what do you feel like the Lord is saying in this time, this year? Is that right? Yeah. So uh, Tracy and I have a little bit of a habit that we do, and then that is whatever the Lord has to, happens to be leading us into in terms of Bible study. Uh, we, uh, you know, once it comes to time uh, for the year to change, then suddenly that, that sort of starts to speak to where we are, really sort of confirms, you know, the word of the Lord. And um, it's, it's been kind of a way that we've, you know, set the year, set the tone for the year, every year. This year, uh, I was in the middle of Daniel and uh, learning about this guy's life. I mean, I, I grew up on the scriptures, so it seems like I would have exhausted it. But going into Daniel's life has absolutely revolutionized my posture as a leader within any context of sphere of influence that I've ever, I'm ever given. Because Daniel walked absolute total compassion but without any compromise to the word of the Lord. So Daniel walks in uh, compassion without compromise, but he lives out this insatiable appetite for, for the things of the spirit and the things of, of God. And he doesn't seem to let anything offend him, which is so fascinating. His whole life, he develops compassion for people that we would have written off as enemies and evil a long time ago. It's not that he excuses anything they do. He won't compromise the word of the Lord in their lives but he has so much compassion for them. And I'm asking God in this season saying, God in 2022, pour out a supernatural revelation of compassion mm -hmm. that doesn't compromise your word. That doesn't lead us to compromise the values of the kingdom of God. Give us a, a compassion that looks like, looks like Christ, that looks like Daniel, that looks like a life laid down and surrender to the voice of the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's a big one. Uh, the other one uh, for me was came out of Daniel chapter 10 and verse 12, where an angel comes to Daniel. They have an, an encounter uh, where Daniel literally says, uh, it, he, I mean, he's on his face before God. He has no idea what's going on here. He's terrified. And all the people that are with him run away. This is a massive encounter. And uh, the angel says to him, gives him a key to answered prayer. In the beginning of 2021, uh, I was saying, God, you know, we, we need more answers to prayer. We need more praying people and more answers to prayer waiting in, in, to release the glory of the nation. And so uh, at the end of this year, I, I mean, I saw a lot of cool testimonies happen last year, a lot of amazing things. But at the end of this year, I was right at the part of the story of Daniel's life in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, where the angel says to him, when you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before God. In that moment, your words were heard. And I felt mm -hmm. like the Lord said, this is the deal. You want an answered prayer? Mm -hmm. Tell the people, here's the posture of your heart. Mm -hmm. Set your heart to understand. Surrender to realize we, we may have all knowledge because we have the Holy Spirit in us, but we don't understand everything we know. Mm -hmm. I think that's why eternity is so long. It'll take that long to understand. So set your heart to understand, stay teachable. Second thing is, and walk humbly before God. When I think of humility before God, I think of God as holy and 
and other, and he becomes more and more un, untouchable. But to walk humbly is, is that I never lose the awe and the reverence for God, but I still answer the call to intimacy with God. And I don't think awe and reverence and intimacy have to be separate from each other. I think they can actually merge together. And I think that's what the Lord invites us to is that, that revelation of intimacy with his heart. So having said all that, I really feel like this year, I think we're, we're, we're getting set up for a, a, a season that is, is going to be testing. It's going to be trying. So we've had the last two years of that. But um, I've really, really felt like uh, within the context of what God is doing uh, here in the nation, I, I know that there, there are leaders arising that the body of Christ has never heard of that are mm. about to take a seat of authority. And, and it's going to actually be a point of humility for people who have, who have had a, a celebrity status. The rise and mm. fall of celebrity Christian culture has been cataclysmic in the last couple of years. But I think it's making room for new voices to be heard, uh, more voices to be heard, because the desire of God is to fill the earth with the glory of the Lord as water covers the sea. In, in a sense, it's already happened because his goodness is being shown everywhere. But I believe every single uh, uh, leader that we have this year is going to be multiplied time and time and time over. Just as we see certain pastors and leaders just dropping off, I think God is going to arise from, from the least expected places, some vocal uh, uh, people that we never heard of who are going to literally shape the course of history. And it's going to be up to those of us who've been seasoned and out here and doing this for a while to propel them on as fathers and mothers. And so um, I'm looking forward to that. It's almost like I'm, I'm going to be a youth pastor all over again. I'm sort of positioned for that. Wow. Wow. That is so ah, profound. And, and I'm, oh, I can't wait to hear everybody. I'm telling you. Can I say an Amen. 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 <laughs> I was like, I forgot for a second that I was on a podcast. I was like, mm. <laughs> you know, that's good. That's good. I, I love it. I love it. So um, just to remind our audience that as you listen to this podcast, please make sure that you, you, you write down some notes or some things that, that you hear these very um, eloquent and, and learned people um, saying this afternoon and just keep going over it and over it. I, I have my notes here that I'm writing. You know, it's so good. Okay, Marion, we're going to turn to you now. And um, you want to? Yes, thank you, Vilma. You know, as the year was starting and I was praying and seeking God, the Lord kept saying to me, stay connected stay connected. And he gave me John 15, 4 and 5. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And what the Lord is saying to us basically is we have to some of us have to connect, some disconnect and connect and then reconnect. Because basically what is happening is that God is raising a generation of people who are going to stand up for him, stand for his name and glorify him. You see, the devil cannot keep us from going to church. But what the enemy has done is to get people in church, but disconnected from Christ. 
So you see that many people are connected to their titles, to their position, to doctrine, to denomination, to theology. How many are really connected to Christ? Their enemy has succeeded in bringing a very strong form of godliness. And the Lord is saying, no, I want my people to reconnect, to connect with me. And you know, when I think of scriptures, my mind goes to Jeremiah 2.13. My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me the fountain of living waters and have dug cisterns for themselves, cisterns that cannot hold water. Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. You know, even with worship, Isaiah 29.13, in as much as these people Worship me with their lips, their hearts are far from me. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 7, 21. So God is really calling us to examine ourselves. He wants us to be connected to him, the true vine. He wants us to be connected to him, the fountain of living waters, the source of life. Mm -hmm. That the Holy Spirit will flow through us and will be a fruit, the kind of fruit that endures. And as the Lord was talking to me, he reminded me that we are the church. So even as we look at the church of God, what does it look like today? What is happening in the church? Where are things happening in the church that, sh that should not be named among us? There are people standing for Christ and standing for truth. You know, I think about Joseph. Joseph stood for Christ. He remained connected to the vine. Daniel stood for Christ. And you know, I love Daniel. In Daniel 6, 5, the Bible says that the only crime that they could find against Daniel had to do with his God. And we see Joseph, that Joseph prospered because the spirit of the Lord was upon him. But then the Lord took me to the church and it was very interesting what he did. He took me to the seven churches in Revelation. And even as he talked to me about them, he talked to me about the church today and how the church reflects him. And the church of Ephesus, we see that they did good deeds, but they toiled hard, but they had forgotten the first love. We see the church at Smyrna, they faced a lot of persecution and oppression. And the church had compromised, I can't pronounce this one, Pag Paganum, <laughs> you know, that they compromised their faith. The church had Pergamon. Thank you. You know, committing spiritual adultery, having false doctrines, the church at Sardis, the sleeping church, the church at Philadelphia, they persevered and remained faithful. Yeah, Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> and the church at Philadelphia. <laughs> you know, their faith was lukewarm. So God is calling us today as the church, those of us who have said yes to him, to stand up, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. These are evil days. We have, we have heard the word. I pray that the word doesn't go through us like spiritual diarrhea, but that we eat the word and live the word and allow God's word to be seen through us. My prayer for us, even as God has spoken to us, is that we stay connected to the true vine and bear fruit, the kind of fruit that endures. Amen. Amen. Oh boy. I, I need to finish this podcast, okay? So don't, don't, you guys don't come so heavy because I probably end up maybe just, you know, people used to say fall out in the spirit, slain in the spirit. That's the term they use. Yeah, yeah. This is so good. 
Vivalyn, what do you think? Yes, um, I'm, I'm ready. Almost fill one page. Yes, ready. And we haven't heard from Apostle David. I know. I know. You're next. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I'm following Miriam because I, I want to kind of uh, keep on going with some of those thoughts. Uh, one of the things we've seen during this uh, time of COVID is that uh, across America, there has been a uh, 30 to 40% dropout from church. Pastor after pastor is saying, yeah, I'm, I'm down 30%, 40%. They say it's even worse in the Northeast than it is in much of the rest of the country. But what we, I believe what we have discovered is that there's been a cultural Christianity in the United States. Uh, People come to church because, yeah, they've been coming to church for a long while and they're just kind of in that routine. It's what I do on a Sunday, Mm -hmm. but they're not really disciples. Uh, They may, some of them may qualify as followers, but not as disciples. Mm -hmm. And so again, what we see with with, uh, churches shutting down for a season and people just having to go online, uh, they go online for a while and then it's, it's so much easier uh, to just stay home. And then it becomes a bit of a burden just to go online. So I don't even do that. And uh, now they're under the, the category of nuns. You know, that's uh, a, new, a new category. It's like, well, uh, I'm kind of a Christian, but I don't go to church. I don't believe in the established church. Um, the percentages in that category are rising rapidly. And in the committed Christian category, the numbers are dropping. And the Bible tells us about a falling away. And uh, let me read from Hebrews 3.12. It says, take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. And I think uh, there's a lot of unbelieving hearts because, unfortunately, the church in America, uh, not all of it, obviously, there's some fantastic places. But in general, there's been a tendency to get away from the word of God. And what you hear is uh, a scripture, which is used merely as a a starting point for the pastor's uh, preaching, which has little to do with the word of God. And people come away saying, oh, that was great, or that was funny, or, but it wasn't the word of God. And the word of God tells us that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So if there's very little word being used in our churches, there's very little faith being produced. And so it's easy to have an unbelieving heart because our faith level has continued to diminish. And when uh, a, a small test like COVID comes along, and so we don't go to, a, to our church service, that even when they open back up, we don't go back up because, well, we just don't feel the need. And they violate the scripture that says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And so as pastors and as church leaders, we need to examine what have we done that has contributed to this situation. And again, I go back to there's too little teaching of the word, um, too little emphasis on discipleship. And so we need to learn from those things, increase the teaching of the word, increase the emphasis on discipleship. Uh, It's in in Luke, there was an area where people were following Jesus, 
And it says he turned around and addressed them and started sharing with them the requirements of discipleship. And a lot of them stopped following him. So there's a lot of followers, very shallow followers. But when it comes to making disciples, there's not a whole lot of that going on, unfortunately. So we need to learn from that, stress discipleship, stress the teaching of the word. And I believe that's what's going to, I think, I believe, I hope and pray that there's going to be a turnaround in that area in this year, as we have seen the results of the lack of these things. I believe it's going to make a lot of pastors and church leaders aware that they need to change. And I want to share with you, uh, I was on a Zoom meeting uh, this morning with the uh, International Coalition of Apostolic Leaders, and they had as a guest speaker a prophet from Colombia in South America. And he spoke some words over America, and he said, this is going to be a year of double anointing and honor for the Christians in America. And I believe those who are truly seeking the Lord and um, truly desiring to be disciples, that this will be a year of double anointing. And by double anointing, it means you already have an anointing, the Bible tells us. But then there's an anointing added to that that gives us a double anointing. And I believe there's a new anointing coming in this year. And the other thing this particular prophet said that uh, this year was going to be a year of restitution, which means returning that which has been lost. So I believe a lot of people are going to come back and a lot of things that have been lost will be returned. It's a year of multiplication. I believe we're going to see multiplication and uh, discipleship. And it's also a year of what he called, and I've heard this elsewhere, diamond connections. That means God is going to connect us to people that we're going to find to be very valuable connections for the kingdom of God. So there you have it. Amen. Amen. I definitely, it's almost like Pastor Dave, Apostle Dave, you just tied in what um, Bill said about the double portion and giving to the next generation when you mentioned about the double anointing and with the connection and the multiplying that Miriam talked about. Now, with reference to those particular things that you guys talked about, Bill, you mentioned about um, God is raising up the new church. That, um, promote, it's almost like um, there's new ones are coming. There's new birth coming. The old is away. The new is coming. And we need to stay, keep our hearts connected with the Father and in, hum, in humility. Um, can you explain how can one do those things of you know, getting our hearts humbled before him, um, get an understanding of where, what position we are in now that we can able to have the next generation ready for what they're about to step into. Do you have certain steps or do you see certain things that we have to do in order to do that? Yeah, well, it's the heart posture. And uh, yeah, that's a huge question, Viv. That's a, I don't know if I can answer that in one one uh, zoom session um the heart posture of the existing church toward those coming in has always been uh one of the i think a key marker of revival it's almost like you just throw the doors open it's like everybody suddenly is accepted on a completely um uh indiscriminate level in a sense accepted as in god is touching every person 
you know, we're not just looking for a specific dem demographic. It's everybody that comes in from all walks of life. And some, we have not had a challenge like that in, in recent uh, history since the Pensacola revival, maybe is probably the last time that, that something like this on that, that scale happened. When, um, when I think of, of this next generation though, I had a dream earlier this year and uh, I felt like I saw a, a young person holding a sledgehammer. And I felt like the Lord said, this is the generation that deconstructing young people watch all they're, all they're doing is just destroying their deconstruction is turned into destruction. And then suddenly the Lord said, I'm taking sledgehammer out of their hand and he takes sledgehammer out of their hand, but he doesn't leave them empty handed. He replaced it with a framing hammer and then asked them a question. What are you going to build? So it became an invitation to the next generation. It's almost like the Lord left them with a time to deconstruct some things that perhaps maybe needed to be deconstructed. I don't know. But it, but to many, my generation, and up, it looks like that they've walked away from God, that they've gone hopeless. And I feel like it, a lot of those are going to be the ones that suddenly make a U-turn and they come back. And almost like they've gone to the hog pen of uh, just throwing everything away and throwing away their inheritance. But the hog pen has taught them something they could have never learned in the house. And, and so our, our posture is to be on the porch waiting, watching, you know, if God gives us direction to go out and get them, we go out and get them. But the minute we see that repentant heart turn, crest the hill to come back home, we are in a, just a dead run to, to give them the ring and the robe that we didn't even have to look for. We're ready to empower them and let them know that they're uh, uh, that they have value in the kingdom of God. And so a lot of the ones who've deconstructed walked away and have maybe hurt relationships in the process. It's going to be up to us to exercise grace and, um, and, and bring them back in. That's going to be a big deal. Uh, th that generation that's coming up and uh, I, I believe is about to do something remarkable is going to do do things that uh, that we prayed about. It's almost like we prayed prayers and they're responding. I was talking to a friend earlier this year and we were praying about what to, you know, what's coming. And I, I literally said out loud, I said, I think this next generation's college students on down. I said, this next generation is dead to the gospel. And he says to me, goes, um, he says, I had a, a word from the Lord based in the scriptures about the woman with the issue of blood who came to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. He said, did you ever ask where Jesus was going? And I said, well, he's going to raise Jairus' daughter from the dead. He says, yes. And he would have gotten there sooner, but he was detained by somebody from an older generation with an issue in her blood. He says, so finally, when she gets healed and gets there, when he, get, he gets there, they say, don't bother her. She's not, she's not even uh, worth praying about anymore. She's dead and gone. And he says, she's not dead. She's sleeping. I'm here to wake her. And I felt the Lord saying, and my friends, friend and I are talking, so felt the Lord saying that you've been praying for a great awakening. I'm bringing it to the next generation. Are you okay with that? It's almost like I'm praying for a breakthrough. And the next generation gets my break breakthrough, but that's what God's wanting us to do is to, is to live, to pray for, intercede for, raise up a generation that can take the gospel farther than we have time to go. And that means that we have to have somebody's got to believe in these guys. And so I believe what the Lord is doing right now is he's taking a look at this next generation and says, I'm here to awaken them. But here's the thing. They're using language right now that's offending the church and they call it woke language. 
But think about what you're saying when you say, I'm waking up. You're saying I'm vulnerable. You're like, don't talk to me until I have my first cup of coffee. Why? Because I'm just waking up. And whenever now I hear these young people start talking about being woke, I suddenly get this, this sense in my spirit as if the Lord is saying out here in the hog pen where they're lost and in confusion, I'm seeding language of awakening into their heart. And what they're doing every time they talk about being woke is they're simply saying, I'm looking for awakening. I, I'm, I'm in a transitional period. I'm leaving one thing and I'm changing into something else. Do you have an awakening for me? And I think the church has got to say, yes, yes. In 2022, we want to see a revival of the next generation awakening to the goodness of God. We don't want the, the move of God detained because of issues in us. And I think God is uh, really uh, rooting out some of those issues right now. I'm just, if you can't hear it, I hope you can hear it. I've got so much, so much excitement about what God is raising up behind the scenes in the next generation. I, I see everywhere I go, I'll be in Indiana and Illinois this, uh, this week and, and go to these different churches filled with young people, young people going to the front seeking God. It's like they're laying hold of something for this generation and I'm seeing it all over. Yeah. Thank you. That's so good. And, you know, all three of you, and I don't know if you um, realize it, but I am trying to see, you know, that all three of you are basically have the same message. Mm -hmm. And I wrote down, if I could put all three together, what I would come up with, and it's do not compromise as you stay connected and be increased in the teaching of God's word. So those are the three pieces that I got from what each of you say. So in order for us not to compromise, right? And be, you know, there's a phrase um, from my country, we say wishy-washy, where you're yes. not very stable. Oh, you say it here too? Okay. <laughs> so yes, it's like, much. so in order for you to stay in order for you to um, not to compromise, you, you have to know, you have to know. And you're gonna only know by staying connected to the vine, where you, you and, and you also know from the word of God, because um, as we, the scripture said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God that Apostle Dave said. So I have to hear the word of God which increases my faith to stay connected and don't compromise. Absolutely. And I love it. I love it so, so <laughs> much. And, and, and that's what I, I got from it. But um, I, I want to go back to um, one of um, Marion or, or Apostle Dave can, can um, just continue to expand on ways in which, and, and I know you started, Bill, by saying about uh, a humble uh, heart posture. And, and, I, and I love that. And, and, I, yeah. and I do believe about the humility. God requires us to be yes. humble. You know, and, and, and yeah. And to, to Pastor Dave's point, you know, when Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the, the dead, the very first thing he does is he turns to her parents and says, give her something to eat. And I feel when God does bring that awakening to this next generation, to, to Pastor Carrie's point, 
the first thing they need is the meat of the word of God. Yeah. Something has yeah. to be sustainable. Uh, it, it, otherwise, if they're if they don't get literate in the scriptures and develop mm -hmm. a love for the word of God, the root system won't be there. And they may grow mm -hmm. strong and tall looking, but the, the root system won't be there. The first wind of adversity, they get knocked over. So that discipleship where they're they're in just into the word of God, as Pastor Dave said, absolutely necessary. Absolutely. Absolutely. So either um, Marion, give give our um, listeners some some ways in which they will um, stay connected for 2022. What are some of the steps that they're gonna take to stay connected? And 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 um, maybe you can also add because when you get a disconnection you feel as if you have lost something you 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 get a little bit perturbed but then there is going to be as you said they disconnect to reconnect so i wanted to expound on that a little bit more okay i'll start it from a clean page yeah? i think yeah. too <laughs> before you are reconnecting and disconnecting somebody who is nowhere First of all, is to come to that place of John 3.3. 3. You must be born again. Yes. You know? Second Corinthians 5.17 says, when a man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. And that speaks to our identity. When you give your life to Jesus, your identity changes. Galatians 3.20 says, it is no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live, I live through Christ who died for me. So I think number one is identity. You know, when we say Christian, Christian is Christ, I-A-N, I am nothing. Without Christ, I am nothing. Then we decide to give him our all. Lord, I want to live for you. And there are many scriptures that speak to identity. Second Corinthians 2.15, one of my favorites, were the fragrance of Christ. Matthew 5.13, were the salt. 14, the light. 2 Corinthians 3.2, were the epistle of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.20, were Christ's ambassador. When we accept that identity, we begin to live out that identity. If I see myself as, oh, I'm all that and a bag of chips, that's my identity, and pride sets in, then I've lost Christ. But when I see who I am in Christ, that without him I'm nothing, that he's everything to me and he has called me to himself. Paul said in, one, in Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ to die skin. When we give him all, that's the first step. The second step is the word of God. We start studying the word. Jeremiah 15.16 says, I found the word and I ate it. And that word according to 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17, the word of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, because it is the infallible word of God. I love verse 17. That will be thoroughly equipped. Because when we know God's word, we are equipped for battle. We are seasoned for battle because life is a battlefield. So all these distractions and things coming is the context we find ourselves. And then we start living the word. James 1, 22 says, don't only be hearers of the word, but doers. And then we start staying in prayer. You know, Jeremiah 33, 3, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. We are told to pray without ceasing. And then we praise 
David said in Psalm 34 verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. In Psalm 101, make a joyful noise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Meditate on the word of God. Psalm 19 verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. So there are many steps to being in this place of staying connected, being discipled, staying humble, because when you know your identity, your identity speaks to your values and your character. And by God's grace, even as you have said, you know, God is not a God of confusion. When you said three of us were coming, I just thought of 1 Corinthians 14, 33, that God is not a God of confusion. He's the author of peace. And today we have just seen the flow of the Holy Spirit, even in our midst. Amen. 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 Um, Apostle Dave, what are some steps that you, um, you're encouraging us to take as we um, go through this coming year, this year, 2022? Yeah, what we are seeing at the present time is in many areas of shaking. And we have to then look around, and see what still stands and kind of build on that. And some of us have been through a shaking in the past year or two. Um, and we've, we've come out still standing, but we need to build on that. And I'm, I'm thinking of the, uh, in John chapter one, um, this is where uh, Nathaniel is called. And uh He's, he's amazed that Jesus saw him under a fig tree before he even arrived. So it was a supernatural act. And, uh, and then he, and Nathaniel says to Jesus, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered and said, because I said to you that I saw you under a fig tree, do you believe? In other words, that's, that's what drew you? Uh, and then Jesus went on to say, you'll see greater things than this. Nathaniel did have a revelation of Jesus, but it was only a partial one at that point. Uh, there was still the emphasis on going to be the king of Israel. And that's kind of way it's been understood through the Old Testament times and even during that particular time period. Um, and that's kind of like us. We come to Jesus and we have kind of a partial revelation of him. But there's an ongoing revelation, as Jesus said to Nathaniel. Uh, you'll see greater things than these. And I, I believe that as, um, as Christians in, the, in, the, in this particular year of 2022, that we need to draw near, that's a very scriptural term, to draw near. And I believe we're going to see an ongoing and increasing revelation of Jesus. And when you do that, when, when that happens, you are drawn to want more. It's like I see him for who he is a little bit, and then you draw close, and you see him for who he is even a little bit more. And it makes you want to draw closer. So I believe there's going to be a, a supernatural outpouring of the Spirit of God on people to want to, to give them a hunger for more of Jesus. It's and, and, and that needs to be the focus. We can get off on so many, so many uh, minor issues that we forget the major issue, which is a relationship with Jesus. As, as Miriam said, we have to be connected to the vine 
people who won't produce any fruit. Um, and, and I believe this will be a year where people are coming to the realization that they can do little or nothing without a real strong relationship with Jesus. And because he's, Jesus is going to be giving us a fresh, fresh and increasing revelation of himself that it's just going to draw us in ever more. And we're going to see true believers, true disciples producing fruit like never before. So even in this time of a falling away, we're going to see an increase, uh, just like in our church right now at Word of Life, we saw about a 30% drop, 35% drop off. But since then, we've seen a 20% increase of brand new people coming in. And it's like a fresh move of God going on. And, and I believe that that's what we need to be sensitive to. There is a fresh move of God. God is saying, I'm doing a new thing. Will you not be aware of it? And, and I think we need to say, I want to be aware of it. Lord, show me what you're doing. I want, to, I want to be part of that. And so I believe there's going to be an increased hunger within the body of Christ. Uh, and and the, the drop off that we've seen is going to be much more than made up for by new disciples coming in and a new hunger for the body of Christ, for his presence and, uh, and the manifestation of his glory. So I'm hopeful for this year. I believe it's a turnaround year. That's really good. It's, mm -hmm. it's amazing because, you know, Bill talking about the, the next generation and you basically, Pastor Dave, were just talking about the new people, which is basically somewhat the same thing. The sure. old preparing the new for, you know, for teaching them, like Mary, I'm talking about the word and, um, you know, letting them know their identity in Christ. And she talked about, um, you know, praise and, and, and helping them to see that they need to be more you know, doers of the word, not just living on, um, I think one of you guys said it's about the foundation. Your foundation has to be built on a strong foundation versus a sandy foundation. So this is really good that we're able to see this turnaround with all three of you guys, with what Vilma just summed it up really well, of saying how God is really um, bringing in the new and the new generation and the new people into his fold and he's doing it miraculously. Um, and and some, some of the time, I think it's not even with our help at all. <laughs> he's, he's doing it without our help and that's the awesome thing. But, you know, I've heard other ministers have said too that they feel like this pandemic has been an attack against the new generation. And and I'm, I'm glad that you guys just cut that down a little bit in what you're saying because they're saying it's an attack against the next generation but you guys just really shut that down and say, hey, God is really doing a new thing. He's getting people prepared. He's getting people um, ready with, 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 with words that he gave them to take on the next generation, to take on the next thing, the next move of God. Yes. And we, we need to get them ready and we need to get them prepared that, that we can able to, um, they can able to go higher on uh, from from where we started, go higher than we have gone. And I'm really excited to hear that because I've heard so many other ministers saying how this is an attack on the next generation and, and you know, we really need to do this or do that, but we're able to see that in this pandemic, God is still moving. He's still doing something. 
the, you, you know, new people are coming in, <laughs> new voices are being raised up. Um, the next generation is fine. They're doing, they're getting woke, <laughs> you know, they're getting the new insight of God and they're coming into their identity. So I am really excited and to hear all of what you guys had to say today. Great. Yeah. And you know something, when you say new, I know you said new generation, but I think I, I gravitate more to where you say new voices, mm -hmm. because there are going to be people who yes. they may not necessarily be younger or the next generation, but as you say, their voices will now be heard after there is you know, kind of the shaking of those who were always there and always heard mm -hmm. and maybe not necessarily, um, you know, bringing forth the, 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 what God is saying, you know, and, and more so saying what will get the crowd riled up. And, and, you know, because we have, the Bible talks about itchy, itching ears. And so we will always gravitate to these people. We, we want to go, we want to hear, we want a word from God. And, and, I'm, and I'm sure God is sometimes sitting down and say, I don't have anything more for you. You didn't do what I told you three years ago. So what more word do you want, you know? But everybody wants a word, you know, from God. But I really do think that it's there. And, and, you know, until we start doing what he said to us to do, then he's just going to step over us and the next person and get them to do it. But I have a question for you guys. Do you think the, old, talking about voice, do you think the, the, the people who are known or established right now, are they ready to pass the baton? Well, no. <laughs> I, I just no. I I'm watching uh, I'm watching pastors in the last five years try to implement succession plans, and it's the slowest passing of the batons in some cases that I, I've I've ever seen. It's just it's glacial. So, um, but what I I uh, I see is a necessity for us to learn how to finish well and help other people launch better than we did mm -hmm. and uh it's it it's very hard to do right yeah and, and i have to give credit to apostle apostle dave right i i really give him a lot of credit because it's not that he was old and wanted to rest but he passed it on while he is there so he can mentor him before you know he gets to the age where yes. he can't do these things and he just have to stay home and and i love you know that this is what we need to do is pass it on while you have the strength to 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 mentor them into you know and and help them and be that resource don't wait until you're you fall over and in the hospital and can't speak or, or direct anything. So I really admire that because he's there, he's doing other things, but, and guess what? He's there as much as he can every Sunday, right? He is still there. His presence is still there. 
And I'm sure that every time, don't tell him I say it, although he may listen to the broadcast, that every time Pastor Chris goes up to preach and see Pastor Dave, he's probably saying, okay, let me make sure my eyes are crossed. Um, my eyes are dotted and my T's are crossed. I'm probably giving him a look every <laughs> now and then to say, hmm, am I doing what he thinks I would do? So I love that, you know, just, just, just mentor the person. And it's okay if they are better than, than, than their, their predecessor. That's what you want. What, what did Elisha say? Elisha asked for a double portion of what Elijah had. And God granted it to him. You know, Elijah could have said, oh, nobody, you ain't going to get greater than me. But, he, but what he said, if you see me when, when I go up, it's yours. Yeah, let me let me add to that that uh, a great man of God that I had become friends with, he was going on to be with the Lord. See Peter Wagner. Uh, he used to share numerous times that there's no success without a successor, mm -hmm. and we must keep that in mind. If if what we are doing dies with us, it was not really a success. So we need to be looking to the next generation. We need to be raising up new leadership. We need to have a, have a, a leadership pathway that we have developed uh, within the churches. Um, there, there's, in many places, there's like a glass ceiling. You can go so far, but that's it. Uh, no, there needs to be no ceiling whatsoever. Every, every gift and talent needs to have its uh, fullness of, of ability to, to rise to its, to its ultimate destiny. It's very important that we have that in mind because uh, otherwise we're going to, we get into a rut and we just have church, you know, like we've always done it. And we're no longer listening for the leading of the Holy spirit. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's Ichabod, you know, and the glory's gone, mm -hmm. but we're still having church. Mm -hmm. And we need to guard against that uh, and always be seeking the, the fire of the spirit and uh, doing what he's telling us to do. And not only preparing for, for next Sunday, but preparing for 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. Was that hard for you to do too, Bill, when you gave up your church in Texas? It was? Yeah, you know, uh, it, it was, but I knew, I knew God was taking us somewhere we had to leave and let it go to get what God had for us next. And we could have just stayed there and camped there. It was comfortable. It was successful, but for us, we had to let it go. And uh, one of my best friends was on the board, uh, the elder board at the time, and he just had a father's heart and a uh, very gentle, but very authoritative communicator. And he was the perfect person to pass the baton to. He and I'd walked together for, you know, for a decade, 12 years, prior to that. And so I knew his heart, he knew my heart, he could speak, and it would just be like the two of us would just be interchangeable. And so passing the baton, he made that possible, he made that easy. Uh, yeah, is it is hard to do, but necessary, and rewarding. I go back and speak in that church now on a regular, you know, every few years or so. And it just, it's just a really rewarding thing to see. Okay, I, I mean, I am I'm enjoying this so much and I am so grateful, so appreciative that you very well-known individuals would come together on this, our little podcast 
and share. And um, our audience, I know, as they listen, will be very appreciative of what you have shared this afternoon. So as we get ready to close, I'm going to ask each of you in one um, minute or, or less something that you want to leave with our audience to take with them as they um, come to the end of this broadcast. Let's start with Miriam since we, oh, no, past Apostle Dave since we, we started with him last. Go ahead, Apostle Dave. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, would, I would encourage everyone to be the example, you know, uh, sometimes the best way is not to say it, is just do it. So let this be a time where you grow as a disciple of Christ, reveal the fruit of that, and make other people envious of that kind of relationship so they want to have it themselves. Amen. You know, Ephesians 5, 18 says we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray that we'll yearn for that Holy Spirit, that will be led by the Spirit, that will walk in the Spirit, be a fruit of the Holy Spirit as we stay connected to the vine. Amen. Yeah, I feel, especially for this audience, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, where Paul writes, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you'll know the hope of his calling, who are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, that's you, What's the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of the strength of his mighty power, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. That is the God that we serve. That's the God that's, uh, that's above and beyond all we could ask or think. And I really feel like Ephesians 1, 19, somewhere down around verse, I don't know how far that went, but 21, 22, that's a big, it's going to be a big word for this next year for somebody listening to this podcast. Amen. Amen. Um, Vivian and I, I have a stern in my heart to ask one of them to pray for our audience. Can we do that? Sure. Not all of you at one time, just Marianne. Father, we worship you. We thank you for this time, O oh God. Thank you that your word will not return to you void. It will accomplish its purpose in our lives. I pray, dear Lord, for all listeners. I pray a blessing, O oh God. I pray that hearts have been stirred. I pray that hearts are hungry for you, that those yearning for discipleship, dear God, will get it so that they'll be good disciples, not of the ones who are leading them, but of you. I pray, dear Lord, that those who are seeking you will find you when they search for you with all their hearts. I pray, dear Lord Jesus, that those, dear Lord, who are in the succession plans, dear Lord, will just want to eat and eat and eat of your word, so that even as the baton is passed to them, they will grow. Above all, dear Lord, I pray that we stay connected to you, the true vine, that you make us your examples, that others will see us, see our lives, see you through us, and want to follow you. I just pray a blessing upon everyone in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Do you want someone else to pray, or that's the no. prayer? That was oh, you good. Can close yourself. Okay. <laughs> okay, I will. Well, thank you, everyone. We're so um, excited, like I said earlier, that to have you guys on. And, you know, past Apostle Dave, you're new, so you get to be in the fold of our family here for a little podcast. You may not know. I'm sorry? It's an honor. 
Well, thank you. You may not know, but Bill move in the same circle of the people you know. You just don't know it yet, but you do. <laughs> but anyway, um, I appreciate you all for coming. And we just really, you know, we have pages. I don't know about Vilma, but I have pages of notes here. And um, we just pray our blessings over you guys and that your ministry will continue growing and growing and growing and continue impacting this kingdom for God. And thank you once again. This is Life Chat with Vivian Bill. Goodbye. Bye.